Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the 20th and Blake podcast from Mile High Sports. I'm your host, Cade Walker, and this episode is brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Uh, tonight, I am recording after a loss to the San Francisco Giants and also at the same time uh, about 20 minutes ago I received a notification on my phone that the Los Angeles Dodgers had clinched the National League West Uh, I mean we expected this we knew this was going to happen but uh, considering the Rockies were in first place for the first two weeks of the season which is equivalent to like a pretty good chunk of a normal 162 game season it's it's all the more disappointing um, but I, w- I wanted to address a couple things today. I want to talk about three specific players um, as well as a quote from general manager Jeff Breidich. Uh, I'll start with the Breidich quote because I, I just want to talk about how the Rockies look moving forward just based on the attitude of our general manager. Uh, so Breidich said the other day, he said, I don't think there are huge lessons that we're going to take and drastically move in one direction. It always comes down to the men in uniform. And whether they're rookies or middle-aged or wily veterans that have been around for a long time, it still comes down to what they're made of and how they operate as a group together. So it seems like in this in this quote, Breidich is basically blaming the roster of the Colorado Rockies for their performance. Um, and I don't... I don't think that this criticism that Breidich has for his roster is valid. For one, he constructed the roster. So a lot of how the roster operates and plays and how they perform is is due to him because he constructed the roster. But also, baseball is uh, a different sport than, than other sports. I think, like in a sport like basketball, it's a very dynamic sport. A lot of things are happening at a time. Chemistry matters a little bit more, I think, in basketball than it does in baseball. And a lot of things are happening at one time. You have five players on the court who can potentially be involved in a play. Whereas baseball, it's everything happens one at a time. You can only play baseball in in singular intervals. One pitch has to come at a time. One at bat has to come at a time. Uh, and that's that's something that coaches actually. Uh, teach baseball players to do is to reduce the game down to individual events. So when when Breidich is criticizing the uh, synchronicity of the roster it, and trying to remove the blame off of himself, uh, kind of indirectly, I think he's he's not understanding the nature of baseball um, in and of itself. Is that he he assembled this roster and ultimately it is his fault, how they perform, um, not necessarily directly, but as a, as an, as a comprehensive unit, as a team. So he, he can't blame the players for not winning. He has to take at least some sort of responsibility because he assembled the players that are in the locker room and that are played on the field. 
Now, yes, Bud Black has some discretion in this. He puts out the lineups every day. He puts out the starting, uh, the starting pitching rotation as well as bullpen uh, rotations as well. But by and large, Breidich assembled the roster, and, and he's placing blame on the players rather than the, pl- the person who constructed the roster that these players reside on, and that's himself. Um, moving on from, from that a little bit, I, I wanted to talk about um, Josh Fuentes because Josh Fuentes has gotten uh, a high amount of praise these past couple weeks uh, because he's, he's looked like he's performed pretty well. Um, he Obviously, everyone knows him as Nolan Arenado's cousin. Um, I think we can probably drop that everyone knows he's Nolan's cousin at this point. Everyone that watches the Rockies knows that he's Nolan's cousin. Um, and I think this stint that he's had has been encouraging. Uh, but at the same time, I do want to take the success that he's had so far with a massive grain of salt. I don't think that the success that he's had this season is sustainable over a full season uh, because he's he's putting up an OPS around 800, which is good, right? That's above league average. Um, and... I think at the same time, he's posting numbers which are a little bit too good to maintain. Um, currently, he is sporting a 17-to-1 walk-to-strikeout ratio, which means he's walking 17 uh, times for every strikeout he has, which is really good, but it's too good. <laughs> I mean, numbers like this don't hold up for a long period of time. See, um, Fuentes uh, has not played every day. And it's already a shortened season, so this sample size is too small to say that this number is representative of anything. I think that he's had really good plate discipline, but I don't think that this this type of plate discipline is sustainable. Uh, he's also sporting a batting average on balls in play of 421, which does suggest that he's probably getting a little bit lucky. Uh, and I think it's too high to depend on that number down the stretch, and especially when the contact that he is giving isn't really excellent i mean his average launch angle is about eight degrees which which isn't bad but it's also not like perfect um and his exit velocity on average is about 84 which is really low um so that small sample size uh it makes his numbers his actual results based numbers look look really good and and he's benefited from that for sure and he's benefited the rockies from that for sure but i don't think he's going to be able to keep up the numbers that he's posted so far just based off of off of his profile uh, but I think the most in, uh, indicting fact for his long-term sustainability is the fact that his expected weighted on base average is about 246. It's uh, below average on the Rockies team, which is bad considering the Rockies don't have a very high team expected weighted on base average. But So his expected weighted on base average is 246, and his actual weighted on base average is 317. Uh, so that's about a 70-point difference between his actual performance-based results um, and his expected results. So he's performing way better than he probably should, uh, just based on his batted ball profile and his, his ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculously high walk-to-strikeout ratio. I think this stats like these correct over, over time, and I think we're going to end up falling somewhere in the middle. He's not going to be ultimately down by his expected weighted on base average of 246 
but I don't think he's going to maintain his actual weighted on base average of 317. I think there's going to be some sort of middle ground. That's typically how these stats work. Um, still, he is producing on a daily basis, and especially as a defender, which is something that the Rockies have struggled with this year at first base. Daniel Murphy has been incredibly mediocre. His uh, footwork at first base is not good, and considering footwork at first base is probably easier than every other position on uh, on the field, it's not a good sign for where Daniel Murphy is uh, at his age. So I don't think Fuentes is a lost cause in any sense because he's not as good as his stats indicate, but I think at the current moment, he's a little bit overrated by the fan base at large. Uh, now, before I get into these last two players, I wanted to talk to you about our sponsor for today, and that's DraftKings. So week two of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week three, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right, you can place a $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, you cash a cool Benjamin. How could you pass that up? Don't worry, football isn't for you. DraftKings is giving you MMA fans the same offer to use for this weekend's UFC 253. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated sport, DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code MHS when you sign up to get this can't miss offer. Pick any team during week three, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use promo code MHS during sign up. For a limited time only, at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. Now, the second player I wanted to discuss on this episode was Elias Diaz. He's caught the eye of a lot of Rockies fans, um, and probably just a lot of MLB fans in general. Maybe not a lot. Uh, he's still he's still kind of a quiet, quiet name, um, relatively, because the Rockies aren't uh, putting putting up huge noticeability uh, in the, in the league today. Um, but the Rockies, I think, should prioritize Elias Diaz a little bit more. I think he has earned playing time so far with his his performances this season. So if we look at at the other the alternatives, we have Drew Butera, uh, who's sporting an expected weighted on base average of 172, which is not good. He's basically an automatic out. You can he's not he's not even batting above the Mendoza line in expected weighted on base average. That's uh, not good. And he's he about the same offensive value as a pitcher at this point, um, probably worse than that. Uh, Tony Walters is a bit more respectable with his expected expected weighted on base average of two ninety, but Diaz at three thirteen, uh, he's holding a bit more of a successful number, and he hits the ball hard. I mean, Tony Walters is notorious for not barreling up the ball. Uh, he uh, almost I think last year intentionally didn't barrel up any baseballs um but this year i think he he started off 
um, swinging a little bit harder. But still, I mean, Tony Walters hasn't really shown that he can be an above-average offensive catcher at any point in his career. Um, while Elias Diaz, I think, has the physical tools to become uh, a hard-hitting catcher. And obviously, I think the defensive aspect is very important, which is why I'm not calling for the immediately immediate removal of Tony Walters from the discussion from the playing rotation, but at least platoon these guys, right? Tony Walters is a soft, uh, soft hitting catcher, and you, you want to have at least someone who can bring a little bit more offensive dyna- uh, dynamacy, uh, if that's that's the word I'm looking for, to uh, the bottom of the Rockies order. Uh, I wrote a piece uh, a couple weeks ago, actually last week. Uh, the Rockies are top heavy. Specifically, I talked about how Jeff Breidich in the front office has been unsuccessful so far in surrounding the stars of the Rockies with at least an adequate supporting cast. And Tony Walters is one of the more indicative players of this. Um, This season, Drew Butera and Tony Walters have a combined negative 0.8 wins above replacement, which means the theoretical, hypothetical, quadruple-A replacement player in the formula of war is better than the platoon of Drew Butera and Tony Walters. Uh, Keeping that in mind, playing Elias Diaz at this point, you have nothing to lose. Uh, because you're literally, quite literally losing games by <laughs> throwing out Drew Butera and Tony Walters out behind the plate every day. And at, potentially, I, I would not be against giving Dom Nunez some runs on off days for Elias Diaz as well, because uh, I, I, I don't think that you can run with Tony Walters as an everyday catcher. I get that he has defensive value and repertoire with the pitchers, but if you want other catchers to be able to produce some offensive something offensively you got to pitch or you got to play them with these pitchers so they can develop a repertoire um, as well so the final player i wanted to talk about this episode is nolan arenado i've talked about nolan uh many times on this podcast he's been a huge area of concern for the colorado rockies for colorado rockies fans and for major league baseball fans in general i mean nolan arenado is one of the most electrifying players to watch in the game because of his defensive acumen and in years past his his offensive capability. Now something to note is that this season Nolan Arenado may have by rate put up one of the better seasons from a third baseman on a rate basis in terms of defensive run saved. On a, in a full season Nolan Arenado at this rate would have put up about 40 defensive run saved, which is ridiculous that's uh unheard of um matt chapman puts up like high 30s mid to high 30s uh in years past but nolan arnado is uh, on a completely different level this season and in fact he's over i think five defensive runs saved or uh, or 33 percent higher than the, than the next closest third baseman that's just off the top of my head offensively we are aware of all his struggles and i've talked about them enough um, but I just wanted to talk about what we, what Nolan Arenado looks like moving forward on the Colorado Rockies. I've already seen early draft ups of Nolan Arenado trades. I don't think it would be advisable to trade him this offseason, even with his uh, offensive struggles, because what you're doing at this point is you're selling low. I mean, I think based on Nolan's track record, 
I think he still has offensive capability in him. Uh, he's not striking out this season, which isn't helping him very much, but it's some positive indicator if that's the only positive indicator there is. Um, but it's only a third of a season sample size, which sort of forces you to take these stats with a very large grain of salt. He's posted a track record over the past few years of being one of the better players in the uh, in the Major League Baseball uh, Association, probably being the the best third baseman in baseball just based on track record over the past few years. Now, here and there, you have arguments. Uh, several years ago, you had the Nolan Arenado versus Manny Machado debate. Then a couple years ago, it was Nolan versus Anthony Rendon. Then last year, or a couple years ago, it was Nolan versus Alex Bregman. But consistent throughout all this is that Nolan is undoubtedly a top two second baseman in Major League Baseball. Or at least he has been. And I think he still has that capability in him. And if you sell low on him, you're basically going to absorb a huge contract that's probably not going to provide you too much value. And while you still leave the risk that Nolan returns to MVP form, because again, we have a small sample size and we can't base the offseason decisions entirely off of a small sample size. Now this is different than what Jeff Breidich said earlier, where he said we're not going to go um, in a huge different, a hugely different direction, because I think the Rockies have needed uh, a much large change, a different direction for several seasons, and not just this season. This season is just further evidence. I don't think you can make that decision based off of Nolan, though, because of his established track record. Uh, so with that, uh, thank you for tuning in to the 20th and Blake Street podcast. Please uh, subscribe, share this episode, and follow me on Twitter at CadeWalkerNBA. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the 20th and Blake podcast. Again, presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, and we will catch you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.